Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is episode 19 of our 7-7 podcast called... It's all about... Oh, no, it's not Wait, all about no, George. You know, the, the podcast is called Camden Cast. But well, I said that already, but... Season 1, episode 19 of 7th Heaven is titled, It's About George. Um, and the Google synopsis of this episode is... Oh, big spoiler alert. The father of George, the boy er- Eric's parents adopted, returns and demands custody. Eric's sister is released from the rehabilitation center. Um... So, what was your first impression of this episode? Well, okay, so I had two major points about this episode. One, thank fucking God that Seventh Heaven is back. <laughs> because <laughs> After the last two episodes. I mean, I'm sure you got you guys got from, like, listening in that we weren't all that thrilled with the last two episodes of Seventh Heaven. Uh, but it's back to, uh, you know, it's ridiculous and absurd, absurd form. And I'm very excited about that. My other... Uh, point was um, I don't know if they hired like a new cameraman or they're try- like st- trying new like cinematography styles in this episode, but there were a lot of like questionable camera angles, very up yeah, close to weird. people's faces and kind of like from underneath. So you were getting lots of cool chin. Yeah, it was not not a great um, I don't know not 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 great angles going on. Um, so yeah. As the synopsis, oh, what we're going to do, there aren't really plot lines in this um, episode, so we're going to do it scene by scene. Things kind of just happen. It's very much, I think, though, the the episodes that surround just, like, the family, like, they're not really, other than, like, George's father, they kind of flow like this because everybody is only interacting with other family members. So, like, I feel like there's a tendency when there aren't, like, extra characters, um, everyone... Yeah, there's just, it's just like things happening in the house uh, that affect everybody. So this episode opens on the Halpern House Rehabilitation Center, and it is the day that Julie is being released. So the Colonel and Ruth are in town with George. Um, and at the center, at the rehab center... Um, Annie Cur- and Matt are still there, are yeah, there as Annie, well. Annie and Matt are there with, with the Colonel, Ruth, and George. Um, so, like, George is, like, nervous because it's the first time he's meeting Julie and whatever. She comes down and she, is this when the, no, she's, like, uncomfortable when she sees, uh, Julie is uncomfortable when she sees the Colonel and Ruth and it's just, like. She's, like, oh, they actually came? And he's, like, I told you, like, George has changed them. Yeah, and we find out that, um, the, the Rev is, he had, like, an emergency at work, they said, so. He had to run, and then it goes to, he's at the pool hall, yes. right? And we're like, this is, doesn't really look like an emergency, because he looks like he's it's just shooting the pool. shit. Yeah. Well, literally shooting some balls into <laughs> pockets of net. Yeah. So, um, then we find out that he's there because Will Grayson is coming back to Glen Oak, who we find out was was an undercover cop who busted the Murillo crime family. Um, no, I just kind of just thought about how kind of uh, what a stretch it is for them to think, to, to, to try to lead us to believe that there was a crime family in Glen Oak. Like, <laughs> what, what did this, fa- like, crime family do? How were they? They hustled uh, they, bi- yeah, Bibles. They, they killed people at the pool hall? Like, I don't understand. So this man was in, like, the witness protection program or something, and now 
the last member of the Murillo crime family has died in prison, so... Well, his witness protection, if I, like, remember correctly, I might just be making this up, was out of the country. So yes. I'm assuming he went to South America. Yeah, so he's been gone. He's back now because the Murillo crime... The last member is dead, so he's coming back to glamorous Glen Oak. And uh, the Rev's, like, been asked to help reacclimate him into... Glen Oak Society. <laughs> because, of course, you would ask <laughs> the Rev Camden um, for help with this. So he shows up um, with the police chief, uh, who I don't think we got the name of, or I didn't write um, it down because it didn't seem like it was important. Um, he was just there to introduce them. He was just not, he's just serving that purpose. It's like, thank you for your service. Um, and Will's like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to get back on my feet. I want to work, at, I want to be reinstated into the police force. Um, and he's like, I'm looking for my son. And dun, 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 dun. now, uh, mind you, like before uh, this episode began, uh, I did not read the Google su- summary, so I didn't know what was happening. But as soon as, um, Aaron was like, pay attention. Cause I was just paying attention to Will Grayson's eyes. Yeah. You were very <laughs> fixated on his eyes. He, he has weird eyes. But anyway, he's like, yeah. So what happened was my wife died in childbirth and, um, I gave up my son for adoption when I was supposed to go under like undercover and then in the, went to the witness protection program. And he's like, oh, uh, he'd be about 10 years old. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, what's his name? The rev's like, what's his name? And I'm like, oh, it's George, isn't it? And then he's like, George. <laughs> so yeah, Will Grayson is George's father, and he wants George back. And here's the opening credits. Yeah, that was the whole cold open. It was a little bit long, but I don't know. I, whatever. Uh, opening credits, and then we get back to the house, and Julie is unpacking her stuff from the rehab center, right? Uh, I thought. I think the first thing we have, actually, is Jimmy Moon. Um, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Is, uh, Jimmy Moon, Lucy, Mary, and Matt are in the kitchen. Uh, looks like Jimmy Moon is going to be introduced to Ruth and Colonel today. And Lucy is telling him how terrible it is, and then they're like, oh, you don't even know. So Matt and Mary are like, uh, well, actually, Matt's like, oh, will you be grandma to, to Mary? And she's like, yeah. So they do this, and they're like, oh, we'll show you what it's going to be like. And they have this little dialogue where Matt's like, oh, so you're the insect that's dating my granddaughter. And he's got a breadstick in his mouth. and Like pretending <laughs> that it's a cigar. It's a, a cigar. And they kind of just, like, interrogate Jimmy Moon. And he's like, yeah. well, he's like, yeah, you're the insect that's dating my granddaughter. And then Jimmy Moon is like, hey. And, and Mary's like, oh, hey, is for horses, <laughs> young man. And then um, the, the Matt, as the colonel, goes, oh, you're, you're quiet. And uh, Mary, Mary, as Ruth, is like, oh, quiet, boys. They're shifty. I think like, I think you're shifty, Mr. Moon. Yeah. And like, there's this whole thing. And, and, and then Jimmy Moon goes home because he doesn't actually meet them on this day. <laughs> I guess he's so intimidated by uh, the quote unquote spot on impressions that Matt yeah, and Mary have Lu- done. Lucy thinks this is all hilarious and Lucy's is doing like, oh nothing. Oh my God, you're doing, you got, your guys' impression is so on point. Yeah. And um, spoiler alert, it's not on point. But it is. Oh, no. wait, their actual, <laughs> impre- the dialogue ends up being exactly what the Ruth and Colonel eventually say to Jimmy Moon, but their voices and their kind of mannerisms are not spot on. So uh, then we get the scene yes. where Julia's unpacking at, at the house. She's uh, staying in Lucy and Mary's room, um, and the Colonel and Julie walk in. Ruth. Oh, sorry. The Colonel and Ruth walk you in. Have a problem with people's names. I really do have a problem with people's names. Um, and you know, I don't even know what they say other than Julie is just like, oh, I'm so co- uncomfortable being around 
because she thinks it's like the Ruth and Colonel of old and that they're going to be furious with her and that, you know, her being an alcoholic is her fault and that they're going to be so hard on her. Um, so she's very timid and I, they're, well, they're, they're, they kind of confront her and they're like, what are you going to do with your life now? Uh, you can't stay and live with your brother forever. Um, so she's like, it's the first day out of rehab. Like, chill out. But she's, but that's not how <laughs> no, she, she says no, it. No, she goes, it's the first day out of rehab. Chill out. For some reason, <laughs> she whispered for this entire scene. Julie is whisper talking because maybe she's hoping her parents won't actually hear what she's saying. But <laughs> I think it was like a choice by the actor to be like, I'm going to show the how audience timid I am. how like afraid I am of my parents. And the best way to do this is to whisper talk anytime I'm with my parents. Because anytime she has a scene with somebody that isn't the Ruth or the Colonel, she's talking in her normal voice. But anytime she's with them. Well, this is the only scene well, she did it in. When she was like, when she's like trying to portray that she's afraid of them, she's like, "Thanks, mom." So <laughs> yeah, they they basically suggest that she come back to Buffalo with them because they have an extra room. So like you know that they'll help her get back on her feet and, and kind of be there for her. Well, there's a line where uh, I think the Ruth's the Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> you said that before too. You're like the Ruth and the Colonel. My bad. When Ruth says, oh, we won't even notice you're there, and Julie goes, yeah, like, like that's the usual, you never notice I'm yeah. there. Yeah, I thought she said, like, I bet. I but bet, yeah. like, I bet. <laughs> so Anyway, it was a weird scene. It was weird. The next thing I have, I don't remember, nothing really happened in the scene. It's in the garage, and it's Simon is sitting in the garage reading a comic book. Um, He's reading The Human Torch. Yes, and... The only thing I wrote about it is that George and Simon are competing for the worst hair of 1997 because George still has this awful mullet, but then Simon also has, like, a mop of, I don't really know, it's like a, not even a bowl cut. It's bad. They're both bad. I don't even know what they say to each other other than George ruins the end of the comic book for Simon. Yeah, I was like, come on, spoilers, George. Uh, It's really just, I think, to establish that there's still some sort of, like... Tension. ...between Simon and George, especially now that George is Uncle George. Yeah, oh, yeah, is it when he tells... Yeah, that, you yeah George is like, you should just start calling me Uncle George. And He's like, Simon's, you can call me... I'll call you Uncle George when I gain when you gain my respect, which will be never. Yeah. So then we have this great dinner, dinner scene. table scene in which the Rev is telling this story about a time when he was a child and, and the colonel took him and Julie to Disneyland and he was like, oh, well, we were about to leave, but the colonel realized no trip to Disneyland is complete without a picture with Mickey Mouse and we went up to the man in the Mickey Mouse costume, and he said that he was on his break. And then, you know, the colonel started yelling at him about what kind of employee he was or what kind of soldier he was that he wouldn't pose for a, a photo or whatever. And then they say that the Mickey, the person in the Mickey suit said that um, that the colonel was, like, really bugging him. And I just want to say that that is entirely implausible because I'm pretty sure that person would be fired and that the, the people like that work at Disney as, as long as they're like in sight of patrons that they are not on a break oh yeah oh, yeah <laughs> like, that's what I was gonna say I was like if a if a, an employee of Disney is on a break and they're like in a costume they, they would, have to be out of sight yeah they have to be out of sight or they have to be out of the costume and I don't think that anyone in a costume would say to a patron that they're bugging them either that that person probably was tortured later like in Walt's secret chambers but uh so I probably find, made to go on like the the what is that ride around? No, it's a small world. It's a small world. Um, and then Ju- 
And then Julie totally, everyone's laughing about this, and then Julie kills the mood, and she's like, yeah, well, George, maybe the colonel will take you to Magic Mountain and beat up Bugs Bunny for you. And for some reason, even though they just told a story where uh, the colonel, like, threatened to beat up Mickey Mouse. Not even threatened, they actually got into fisticuffs. Oh, yeah, no, he's, that, that's how the story ended. Yeah, he actually ended up fighting Mickey Mouse. But for some reason, suggesting that the colonel would do it to a different character at a different theme park, like, everybody was, like, not cool, Julie. Like, they just got silent. And Annie Camden comes to the rescue, and Annie Camden, <laughs> as a five-year-old, returns, because this entire episode, she's, like... Honestly, the entire series, other than there's a... Yeah, there's one scene where she's, like, a little bit of an adult, but she's always a child. She's always just, like, excited about like, something. All, bouncing on her feet and making all these, like, expressive, weird faces and... Easily excited by literally anything, uh, but she's like, "I'm building you a boat." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Colonel, I'm building you and George a boat," because apparently Annie Camden can do anything. They have uh, apparently. Well, she said she got a kit, a boat building kit. What was it called? The A the Ahab schooner. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody ends up going outside to look at this boat that's being that's being built, and we have a scene with um, Julie and Eric. Uh, where they have, like, a heart-to-heart, and Eric kind of tells Julie... Again, he says, like, oh, well, Mom and Dad are different since George, which everyone keeps repeating, but I don't really feel like it's not really reflected in in their behavior (laughs) or their characters. The only note I have... There's a couple of notes I actually have on the seat, but the only one that I have in caps lock written down is extra thirsty. Um, So apparently Julie wants the D, and by the D, I mean the drink. Yeah, I wrote that Julie's thirst is real, so... Um, I guess it's really hard, obviously, as, you know, a recovering alcoholic for her... To be uh, around her parents, who... Are very triggering. Are stressing her out, I guess, yeah. And, uh, but... And this is when Eric reveals the story about Will Grayson and George. Yeah, so he tells he tells Julie, and then... Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That's, that's really, yeah. yeah. That's, and, that's but he says one. the title of the episode, yeah, the, so that's, the, it's the first time it's said, it's not, but not the last. No, he, he goes yeah. like, I think Julie like senses something's wrong, and, and she's like, oh, what is it? And he goes, it's about George. So, Which uh, is usually when they end, you should always end a show or end a movie or whatever as soon as the title is said. It's done. You should just never say the title. <laughs> um, so... Then whatever he tells her, but then we cut to everybody else in the family's outside looking at, as I wrote down, busted-ass boat. <laughs> so Annie's not very good at building this boat kit. And so I guess she's not good at, any, at everything, as we said before. But I don't know. Everybody, There are a few like one-liners about the boat because they're like, there's, it's not even complete. Like There are holes in the bottom of it. Uh, the, the boards aren't like... Completed, so it's like three different colors of paint. Yeah, um, and then like George asks the colonel if he's allowed to laugh, and George is not allowed to laugh, but everybody else. <laughs> Ruth actually gets gets the biggest kick yeah. out of this because she will not, she does not stop cracking up this entire scene. But there's I mean, a lot of fake laughing. Uh, we specifically have to know that Lucy's fake laughing is the worst. Yes, as is everything else about Lucy. Yeah. So anyway, that's that busted ass boat. Um, then we get a weird, we get a scene that it's in Mary and Lucy's room and Julie is sitting on one of the beds with, uh, Ruthie on her lap and both Lucy and Mary are sleeping on the floor. Um, and they're kind of like, Julie's just like, you know, asking them about their personal lives or whatever. Um, and then when the scene ends, Ruthie gets into, 
well, presumably George is in Ruthie's bed and, and with Simon, and then Ruthie climbs into the other bed and Lucy and Mary are still sleeping on the floor. Which doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, like if any should be, anybody should be relegated to the floor, it should be Ruthie. So, like, Mary and Julie should be in the beds, and then Lucy, Lucy and, and Ruthie, Ruthie should be on the floor, but, well, no, again, uh, making no sense. Um, well, Ruthie probably, like, threw a little fit and got what she wanted. Like the, that, That's fair. That's like fair. The, like the queen she be. But I also so. feel like Ruthie doesn't have to have a bed all to herself. Like, Mary could conceivably share a bed with Ruthie. I mean, if the, if, um, what's her face and what's his face? If, uh, the Rev and, oh if the Rev and Annie can share a bed. Well, that's a, like a double bed. These are twin beds. Uh, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so then we, Ruth, then it cuts like it's everyone's bedtime scene. So Ruth and the Colonel are in, uh, the, the Rev and Annie's room. And they're wearing the same, well, Ruth, at least, is in the same kimono as she was in the first episode where they appeared. Um, and Following the Asian theme, uh, not like the kimono is contrasted by, I called it a night suit, but it's not a night suit. It's, it's a like, robe. It's a robe. And there's a, a dragon, like, all over the back of it, and then also on the front of it. So there's a Asian theme when the... Uh, the elder Camdens go to bed. Yeah. And then, of course, we get another hilarious scene of, of Annie and the Rev in Matt's double bed where they're, like, kind of laying on top of each other because it's not big enough for them. Or full bed. I don't know. I think those might be the same size. But anyway, well, while they're, like, fidgeting around and, like, can't get comfortable, the Rev finally tells Annie, like, oh, it's about George. Although he doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah, but I... I got really annoyed with this scene. Well, one, because of the weird camera angles, but two, because the way that um, Eric decides to relay the story to Annie, he's like, okay, well, Will Grayson had a son, and this son was at this house. And, like, it was just, why don't you just fucking say it straightforward, like... George is Will Grayson's son. That's it. And he wants him back. <laughs> Instead, he, like, makes it into this, like, contrived story, and then Annie's like, no. Don't say it. Don't say it. Is, is it George? It's going to build the suspense. I know. I'm just like, come on. We all know what's happening. Uh, but fine. Um, the uh, I think that's it for, like, bedtime arrangements, because I think the next note that I have is she's wearing green pants. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when, when Jimmy Moon and uh, Jimmy Moon and, and the, the Colonel and Ruth finally meet. And my the first thing that, um, I don't know, I think Jimmy Moon, like, makes tries to make small talk he, he, uh, with... With the colonel. And oh, the, yeah, he's like, oh, tell me about your military experience. Yeah, and, and the colonel goes, let's can the spam and cut to the chase. Um, and then they say exactly what uh, what Matt and Mary said earlier to him, and he reacts the same way, and he says, hey. Like, yeah. He says, hey, so that it sets up the Ruth to be able The Ruth <laughs> sets up, <laughs> It's contagious. It sets up Ruth to be able to say, oh, well, hey is for horses, young man. And then so on and so forth. So I, like, Aaron had mentioned... So do you want to say something about the pants, though? I mean, Lucy was wearing green pants in this scene. Oh, yeah. they were, And they weren't just, like, green, like, forest green. They were green. lime green. They were lime green pants. And... I feel like I might have owned that outfit, actually. <laughs> and that's why it probably resonated so with me so much. I know why you were so, so offended by it. <laughs> that's why. Because it just brought back memories of me wearing it. Um, but I was going to say, you mentioned that like it might have been like Matt and Mary had um, co- like 
conspired with uh, the Colonel and the Ruth. I mean, there's no other way that that could have... Right, yeah. But, like, they don't... It's not really, like, resolved in any way. Well, it is resolved later on in the episode, but, I mean, we never get any information as to how they knew the exact same dialogue or whether, like... Is that just their bit? Yeah. Are they they that, like, predictable? Um, Yeah. um, The next scene we have, or the next scene I've noted down, so you can stop me if we haven't, but is... Roots Outburst? Yeah. Yes. Wait, oh, not Roots Outburst. That's what I have. I have um, Lucy and Jimmy Moon out on the sidewalk talking about what just happened. Oh, yeah. I forget forget what he... Oh, my ignorance. Yes. My my, uh, victim to my own arrogance. Oh, or yeah, yeah. And he calls the... He calls the colonel a force of nature and that how he, like, got... uh, uh, He got stuck in, like, a twister or something. Yeah, he's like, he swept me up like I was in a twister, so... (laughs) I gotta say, like, something that's so consistent in this show... Who who writes Jimmy Moon's lines? exactly. Because it's perfect. It's perfect. Why aren't they writing everyone else's lines this way? Um, but whoever, like, Jimmy Moon's character and his dialogue is, like, the most consistent thing in the show. I, I Other than, I, like, we can always count on Lucy storming out and, like, Jimmy Moon to have these, like, kind of beyond his, like, his dialogue's always, like, beyond his years. Like, these very, like, sage things that he comes up with. He always has, like, such a poetic way of saying things and, like, it's very, um, like, a it's a lot of expression in his words, but, but the way he's, voice. yes, is there's no expression there. So it's such like a weird contrast, but I love it so much. It just, it's like, it works so well. Um, anyway, I just had to like say that. Um, yeah. um, oh, now I have the next thing I have is the grandparents finding out about George. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that happens. They, uh, the, the Rev wants to talk to them and he's like, oh, let's go inside to my study. Because um, they are in the love den, but he's like, oh, let's go into the study. And he tells them, and the colonel, like, uh, freaks out. Um, and they both, and then, like, he storms out. Well, he's like, he's like, will you help, will you help us to the, like, to the rep? And yeah. I was like, well, you know, the dad has legal rights to be with his son. He's like, I'm asking you for help. And, like, he doesn't help, so then uh, the colonel walks away. But Ruth is very upset, and Ruth... And she- yeah. Slaps the rev. Well, first she's like, oh, do you know what it took for your father to ask you for help? Oh, we're not used to being helpless or whatever. Yeah. And then they're kind of like hugging and then like she steps back and they're like, they say words. And <laughs> Their then, words said. And then, and then she smacks him and then, you know, it's like, <gasps> and then she leaves and the rev sits down at his desk and George creeps out well, from behind a filing well, cabinet. Well, before that happens... Rev has a conversation with God. No, I thought after George leaves is when he does he. I thought yeah, he, he su- talks to George and then George leaves. I have so, that he that he's talking to God and then he's like, "Please, Lord, help me." And then we see George coming out. Oh, okay, maybe that's how it happens. Either way, it doesn't really matter no, what yeah. order it happens in. Um, so the Rev is like, "Oh, God, help me!" And then uh, George comes out and he's like, "Oh, I knew this was too good to last." Um, Whatever, I'm sad. I don't want to go live with this strange man. That's my actual father. Um, He's like, I'll do what I have to do. Nothing. Like, I, I, this is why I don't get attached to people. And the, mo- the most important part of the scene is the rev gets slapped and the rev cries. That's really all we need to know. Of course he does. Because uh, he's always crying. Sue. So. The next thing I have happening is um, the rev 
uh, George and Will Grayson meeting at the pool hall. Well, I don't understand why the pool hall is the meeting place for everyone, but apparently it's like the so- that's the social scene in Glen Oak. Also, I don't understand why they had to meet there at all, because so you know the Rev is sitting there with George and he's like, okay, give this guy a chance. He gets there, and he sits down and he gives this little like spiel about I don't know, like oh, we just want need to get to know we we we'll get to know each other and you know we'll take it slowly. I don't want to like I don't know overwhelm you. Um, and George is like, okay, well, let, let's just get to it. Like, let's get out of here. I'll, I'll meet, I'll wait outside for you. And George storms away. We didn't storm away, but, uh, just walked out. and then Will goes up to the Rev and he's like, oh, thank you so much for like doing this for me, blah, blah, blah. And something that Will says, like kind of tips the Rev off and he's like, oh no, George has run away. And they run, and of course, they run out to the front of the pool hall, although it does not look like... No, it looks like... It looks they like run the out to, like, an alleyway. Yeah, it looks like a back um, And wall. George isn't there, and then they're like, dun-dun-dun, no one knows where George is. Except, obviously, they know where George is, because apparently the Rev finds George in the first spot that the Rev looks at. Looks at. But before that happens, we have the best scene in the episode, <laughs> in my opinion, um, which is a, soon, a scene between Ruth... Uh, Julie and Annie. And Annie's there for no reason. No reason. Um, so Ruth is really, really upset. Because George is missing. Um, and and also because he's like going to be taken away from them. And, uh, I think like Annie's trying to be comforting and, uh, oh, Julie, oh, Julie does say something about, yes, I know that, um, George is a nice nice boy or whatever. And I'm like, you have yet to have any conversations (laughs) with George. How do you know anything about George? Yeah, so that was actually in the scene in the bedroom with oh, Mary okay, and okay, Lucy, okay. but she still, she hasn't actually interacted with George other than when she got out of the rehab and when she, he introduced himself. And she also doesn't interact with him at all like, in the rest of the episode. Yeah. Oh, she's such a great big sister. <laughs> yes. So I've, I don't even know how this kind of gets out of control, but Julie is being a little bit selfish. Yeah, she's like, oh, She's like, oh, oh, I know what happens. Ruth is like, this man doesn't even know George, and, like, he's a stranger, and then... Julie's like, six months ago, he was a stranger to you. Um, and then she's... And then Ruth goes off, and she's like, this is all your fault. Oh, yeah, if we didn't have to come here because you were getting out of rehab, we, we never would have, like, run into this problem. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if this guy wanted to track down his child, he would have, like, he could have gone to the adoption agency and been like... Where's my kid? If like um, if they hadn't had to come over and they were still in New York, the Rev would still have to meet with Will Grayson to help him reacclimate to being back in Glen Oak, and he would still have that same conversation being like, I'm looking for my son whose name is George. Rev would put two and two together and would be like, oh, he's in New York. And these then- very convenient plot devices, though, <laughs> brought them all together in the one spot. So then Julie was like, uh, well, and while this, while Ruth is kind of escalating this, Annie just is going, Ruth, stop it, stop. <laughs> Ruth, don't. <laughs> and then, and then Julie is like, Yeah, Mom, you're right. I'm a loser. Well, you raised me, so take a bow. <laughs> and Ruth is like, No, I didn't raise you like this. She's you're like, not. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not, not who. I, you're not the daughter I raised. And it was hey, just so heated. Such an intense scene. And yeah. then Ruth storms off. And Julie's like, you see? You see what I have to deal with to Annie? And Annie's like, no, but the thing is, you need them and they need you. And I was like, bull fucking shit. Like, some people just shouldn't be, like... Shouldn't talk to their families. Like, you don't need to be, like, with your family. And if, like, your family's not supporting you, then your family's not supporting you. You don't need to fucking sacrifice like that. 
Uh, I'm getting too heated about this. Anyway. After uh, this very heated argument, I believe the next scene is when Julie is sneaking around in the kitchen. No, no. The okay. next scene is, as I was saying, the Rev finds George in the first place he looks, which I is... Yeah, I, th- I, f- I forgot that, like, entire story. Like, <laughs> I didn't take any notes on that because it was so unremarkable. Well, basically, uh, George hides where everybody hides, which is the church. Um, and by hide, I mean he's stealing from the church. He's, like, standing in the Rev's office. That's probably the best place to go when you're trying to hide from the Rev. <laughs> um... <laughs> But George goes, you you move real quiet for a Bible thumper. <laughs> are, are Bible thumpers notoriously loud? Like, what does that mean? Also, okay, this is like completely <laughs> off base, but every time somebody says Bible thumper, I just think of thumper as in the rabbit from Disney. From Bambi? Yeah. yeah. And then like a rabbit on top of a Bible. But anyway, um, <laughs> they have this like stupid conversation, which we don't need to rehash, just basically about how the the George. Great, I'm just gonna put the, everyone in that family is now the the <laughs> Julie. Um, how George only wants money, like he needs money, and then the dirty boy, the dirty boy George needs money, and that he'll he'll be fine on his own. And the Rev's like, come on, and says some words, and it's fine. Yeah. So then. If I'm correct, yes, you're I'm correct. getting. T- um, we see it's nighttime and all the lights are off, and and Julie appears in the kitchen with a bottle of wine, and she's looking for a glass, and it's like, dun dun dun, um, and she pours the glass of wine, and then she sits down at the kitchen table, and Matt appears. Um, Out of the shadows. Actually, there is a scene in between this, but it's kind of stupid. Um, the colonel is just sitting on a picnic table out in the oh, Camden's yeah. backyard, and Mary comes out and is like, oh, George is back. I thought you would want to know. And then she's like, I love you. And then as <laughs> she's turned around, and she's really far away from the colonel, and he's just looking. He's not facing her, and he just kind of very quietly says, I love you too. No, she, he goes, I love you, child. Oh, no, it's I love you too, child. That's I wrote that down, but I couldn't remember who said it. Oh. <laughs> um but he's, like, Mary doesn't even turn around. There's a lot of scenes in this she... episode where, like, people start conversations before people have exited or, like, start talking to people when they're not even in the scene anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It's weirdly done. But, yeah, so... So so Julie's sitting there contemplating drinking this glass of wine, and Matt... She's been out of rehab for, like, a, t- a, day, a day and a half. Yeah. Um, and uh, Matt appears at the, at the like kitchen stairs, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know. Are you like about to relapse or something?" He doesn't get like aggressive like that time. When... But, but Julie's like, "The world keeps getting bigger, and I'm scared." <laughs> yeah, so she can't handle the, the size of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but something about like there's some sort of dialogue where she's like, "I just need a drink or something," and he goes, "No, what you need is out there." And, and the colonel gesturing to like the colonel who happens to be sitting in the boat. But and he's yeah, it's it's very wise. He's like, what you need is out there. What you want is a drink. Um, so, so everybody, there are like two or three shots of Julie looking out the window, and the colonel is in this the, the boat, and it's on these like stilt like not, I don't know some some wooden. It's kind of propped up. And he's like wooden things. Yeah. Um, and he's just sitting in it, and there's like little stair, like little ladder that he had to climb up to get in it. Um, and it just there are like these weird window shots of him sitting in the boat, and, and Julie is just like staring out. And then she goes outside, and they make up or whatever. I forget what. They I don't do. even. I don't even remember the conversation. I have they no have. idea what they say. But no, but like, it's 
Oh, the boat is called the Second Chance. I do Second do. Chances. I thought. Oh, oh yeah, whatever. Second Second Chance. But like, oh, um, the uh, the Colonel basically says like, I lost you, I lost Eric, and now I'm losing George, and I failed all of you. And she's like, You haven't lost me, Dad, and you're not gonna lose George. I haven't, I haven't lost. <laughs> you haven't lost me. But um. yeah, so th- they make up, and we see Ruth uh, is looking on. She somehow nope. knew that this was happening and, and came to the door. Or the window, or she's outside. She's watching them and is, like, moved by this. And everything's all okay, because in the next scene, uh, all the so we have the Rev, the Colonel, the Ruth, um, the Julie, and Annie are all in the Rev's office. With Will Grayson. That's With Will name. Grayson. Will, yeah. yeah, Will Grayson. And they're talking about an arrangement to set up... Uh, to make it, like, all right with everybody. And what they've okay. decided is... Okay. This is just... So, they're making this man, Will Grayson, who has just been, like, kept a, like kept away from... Had no choice in where he lived for the past ten years because he was in, like, the witness protection program or whatever. And they're, like... For, they're forcing him to move to, to Buffalo... That's basically their agreement. This is, like, f- supposed to be fair for everyone. And the colonel and the Ruth are like, oh, you can come and live in our... We have, like, a, an apartment yeah. in our garage, a garage apartment. It, I thought or, it was a guest house on the lake or okay, something. Okay, guest house, yes, something like that. And and they're like, you could come and live there, and you could see George whenever. Um, and then Julie was like, oh, I thought the guest house was going to be mine. And they're no, like, no, no, they, so the one, of the, one of the parents said, I thought the guest house was going to go to Julie. But she's like, oh, we'll just have her move into the house. It'll be nice. they're like, yeah, we want her, her closer anyway. Um, <laughs> and Julie has some line about it being like, clean slate central or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, so romance between Will and, yeah. <laughs> Will and Julie? And then they also are talking about Will's like, oh, well, I'm going to need a job. Um, I'm, I just got, like, reinstated into the police department here. It's going to take, like, months to get a transfer. Um, and then they suggest, like, oh, well, the colonel's got connections, so I'm sure with his recommendation that, like, your transfer could be fast-tracked. And, like, first of all, like, municipal police departments operate independent of each other. You can't just transfer from Glen Oak, California to Buffalo. Like, it's it, this is not how this works. But he would have to probably go undergo all of the same training that the Buffalo police do. But whatever. It's Seventh Heaven. In Seventh Heaven world, this is a thing that happens. Um, And I just want to say that that the fact that they think making this man move to across the country to a kind of, like, I don't want to, to, like, a horribly cold and (laughs) snowy. Like, Like, this is not... This is not a fair, like, agreement for, for all of them. Like, this man just agreed, like, oh, okay, I'll just move across, move across the country and live in these strangers' guest house so I can be with my son that apparently they say that he has, like, a legal right to regain custody of. Like, what? Who would agree to this? This is not... All right. Well, I, I just... the only note I have from this scene is the word blowhard because <laughs> Will Grayson keeps on calling the colonel a blowhard. And that's really all that matters to me. I also have a note um, for future, like, way later seasons. This is not the first time we will hear of the Buffalo PD. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Anyone who's actually seen the series all the way through knows where the Buffalo PD come in again. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it for, for Tammy. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Cookie. So, um, so yeah. Um, 
that's pretty much... So then they're, like, getting ready. They When they open the door to the study, all of the kids are out there, like, eavesdropping on, like, what's going on. And... Um, then all the kids... They tell, to... like, yeah, they're like, oh, well, if you were listening, you should all be upstairs, like, help, helping get our stuff packed or whatever. So all the kids scatter, and Except then he's... for George, Lucy, and Jimmy Moon. Who the colonel requests to see. Yeah. So... Lucy and Jimmy Moon go to the love den, and they have, like, this conversation with George, where George, is, where George basically says, I will take the plane with mom and dad, because they're still my mom and dad, even though you're my father, but I can't drive with you, because I, they're my mom and dad first. It's, I don't know. It's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. That's literally, like, that's literally the scene. They're like, George, do you want to drive back to New York with Will Grayson? Who is your father? Or do you want to fly with the Colonel and Ruth? And like, <laughs> he's like, they're my mom and dad. You are my father. Yeah. I'm going to fly with my mom and, and dad because and you would they're think my mom the, and dad. You would think that they... <laughs> you would think that they presumably also already bought him a plane ticket. So, like... Who wants to drive for days to get to get to New York? No, like, all right. So that was the point of that, and the which next, was pointless. Yes. And the next and then, scene is, um, which I think is completely stupid. But there was no need for the scene, especially because we didn't actually get. There was no resolution between Ruth and Julie. Yeah. Just the resolution with her and the Colonel, and then instead of like Julie and Ruth apologizing to each other. We get this stupid scene. Where Ruth is apologizing to Jimmy Moon for playing, like, a trick on, like, for acting the way that they did. And then the colonel keeps calling him Jim. And the, and um, the Ruth keeps on calling him Mr. Moon. And uh, the colonel's like, oh, the reason we did this is because look at that angel-faced child. And I was like, who the fuck are they talking about? But I did write a note here, and I meant to say this in the past few episodes. I'm not sure exactly what episode I noticed it in. But Beverly Mitchell did cut her hair between, like... I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before she, that. She cut it in choices. Yeah, and it, it looks a lot better. So, you know, her, mean her face was framed a little bit better in this episode. Well, they were talking about an angel face child, and apparently that child is Lucy. I, I liked it better when the Rev when the when the Rev when the when Colonel, Colonel and Ruth, and Ruth um, did not were not Lucy's biggest fans, but apparently now they're very protective of her. So they're like, so you understand, Mister Moon, that like. If anything happens to her, you know, they basically give Moon the shovel top. Moon, yeah. Um, and yeah, oh, and then one, another scene st- setting up the romance between Will and Julie. Which is, I know doesn't. All right, we'll talk about this at the end. So, yeah. But basically, Will and Julie are by the boat. She's really attached to the boat. He's volunteered to take the boat in the car uh, with him because he'll have all this room because his son is not driving with him. He's like, oh, well, you know, this might be too forward. And Aaron's like, oh, is he asking her out on a date? But no, he's just asking her to drive cross-country with him. And she says, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I think, well, I thought she suggested it. I thought she said, like, oh, you might be lonely. But no, he, maybe, like, he's, maybe he said that it would be lonely. Um, so, yeah, and that's really, oh, wait. Oh, oh God. No. <laughs> oh, God. This last scene is so uh, cringeworthy. So, um... Matt Julie, and Mary, wait, so Julie, the, the Rev, Rev, and Annie, Annie are in the kitchen, and Matt and Mary walk in, and Annie, I think, just goes, so why don't you show us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like, what? And uh, Julie and the Rev basically say, like, we've heard a lot of, like, Lucy's, like, said a lot about your impressions of our parents, so go ahead and do it. So, um, for some reason... Their impression, they're like, oh, 
what, what a madhouse. Like, they make the children entertain them, and they start just, like, kind of mocking them. But as they're doing this, of course, one of the oldest TV... Tropes ever. Yeah. Um, of course, the people that they're making fun of, Colonel and... Well, the Colonel and Ruth, walk in behind them, and they don't know. And, like, the Rev and, and Annie and, like, Julie's faces become, like, pale because they're like, oh, <gasps> yeah. What's going to happen? Um... And then Matt and Mary see their faces and are like, oh, they're behind us, aren't, aren't they? they? And then they turn around and everybody's hugging and then clapping because their impressions were so they're great. Spot on, as they say. And then it fades to black. And, yeah, everybody's just and laughing everybody, and, everybody and clapping and it just fades to black. Um, so That's it. One thing that I have to say about this, because like, I know what's coming... I don't think that Julie actually ever goes to New York. And if she does, it is extremely short-lived because she ends up living in Glen Oak. Like, in, in future seasons, she's in Glen Oak and has, like, a life in Glen Oak. So I don't understand. I don't think she ever went to New York. And it's just a big continuity error. I don't know why they suggested that. and then. Well, like, you know what I think happens, right? She has this whirlwind romance with Will Grayson. Will breaks her heart, and then she has to move back suddenly to Glen Oak. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. Because they clearly were setting up something between them. There were way too many, like, Yeah, but it's not like we're ever going to get scenes in New York. Like, oh, so... Because of budget, etc. Well, I mean, they could just do, like, interior shots and, like, a soundstage. Well, anyway. (laughs) um, So that's, yeah, that was uh, episode 18, 19, 19. 19. It's about George. It's about George. Um, I'm going to give it... I feel like my rating, like, I'm, I've got, like, a weird, since since the last two episodes are so bad, I have trouble kind of, like, putting my finger on, like, the scale of, like, what, where are we? I can give my rating what first is if this? you want. Yeah, do that. Okay, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Mm, okay. I'm going to give it a 4. Fair enough. Yeah, that seems... About right. I think that's where I've been hovering, kind of. Um, it was, like, a lot better than the last two episodes. Still not some of the best work that Seventh Heaven has done, but, like, a solid romp. Kind of a, like, run-of-the-mill for their kind of inter-family episodes. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I didn't scream or have a jump scare, which is usually the most important part, <laughs> like, the most important part of my rating system. Yes. There's nothing so, like, shocking in this episode. So, yeah, um, again, like, subscribe, download, leave us ratings on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at CamdenCastShow. Follow us on Tumblr, CamdenCast.tumblr.com. Um, yeah. And keep listening. <laughs> Please keep listening. We're, like, very close to the end of the season. I've just seen, like, the uh, Amazon Prime summaries of the next three episodes, which is the last three episodes of season one, and... Very exciting things are coming up. And I'm also just very excited for season two because I think that's when you get some... I feel like there's more character development in season two than there has been in season one other than, like, Lucy's character is fully developed and everybody else we really don't know much about. And also stay tuned because we're about to have uh, some guest stars on this show. Um, we've had a lot of people, not a lot of people, a few people show a us, handful. full of people uh, show us, show interest in coming on. And I think with the end of season one and the beginning of season two, we're going to have it's an appropriate time. guest stars come in. Uh, and maybe you want to be a part of that too. And if so, send us an email. 
well, if it's if it's feasible, yes. CameronCast at gmail.com. We will we cannot pay for transportation, so yes. you'll have to provide your own. Okay. So I'm Erin. And I'm Tanvi, and this has been Camden Cast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>